Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here as per usual with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. What's happening, girls? What's going on? Hey doing there. good. Hanging doing good. in there. How you Hang doing? In. We're all getting through it. Uh, not too bad. Few few things personals happened uh, around here, and I'll get into a little bit of it later on. Uh, but yeah, just juggling a lot of stuff. But hey, that's life. We get to it. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I haven't told you this yet, Corey, so I'm going to tell you first time on air when you hear it. I know. I'm wondering um, what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to hate it. Oh, boy. <laughs> great. <laughs> I can't wait. So, today, we've got a few things we're going on about. Um, Corey is going to talk about uh, her student, uh, student and employee forms that she did, which are really, really cool. Uh, and the university is requiring COVID-19 injections. So we're going to go through them. Um, Edge has got uh, a ton of laws that or bills that are in the process of going through on critical race theory, on uh, requiring COVID vaccinations. I want to talk about uh, the police situation because there's a couple of stories that have come up uh, only recently in the last couple of days and I can only see this sort of stuff getting worse so I want to bring up and show you those two videos I'm going to go into that a bit and for fun we're going to talk about this new video from the CIA which <laughs> is the wokest thing I have seen yet I haven't seen it yet so yeah, I look yeah, forward to that we will watch it together I mean as you can tell by the shirt and the first introduction here and <laughs> You know, the woman in Intel sort of propaganda that's going on here and uh, the downvotes to the likes. Um, so wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so for, fun, for fun, we'll get into that later on and uh, we'll see what our intelligent agencies are actually made of and why we're seeing massive propaganda that we do because it's coming from here, from the basis. Um, so let's start with you, Corey, and these forms that you've done. Alrighty then. So yeah, this I've been working on for a bit now. Uh, it's uh, two different forms. So we have students that are attending colleges or universities where they are requiring COVID-19 injections. So if you kind of slowly scroll down a little bit, speaker, um, what it is, is this is just like the first part of it is just my explanation here and some laws in here. And then the form itself is a clickable link in PDF format that you can print out and give to the authorized officer of your school. This boxes them in. So essentially it's pointing out the law, it's asking them questions, it's asking them to provide you with all the materials they should have by the FDA. And it's basically holding them accountable for all financial responsibility if they are actually are requiring this and you decide to get it. Um, so we know that 99.9% .9 of them will not sign this. That's, that's kind of the, the box in here. So you're going to date it and you're going to mark that, you know, you did give this to them and they refused to sign it. Um, this, 
this is essentially a document that could potentially hold them liable. Um, not only that, though, it points out, I guarantee you it points out a lot of laws in here that they are not aware of because all they're hearing is the CDC pounding in their heads over and over that they all need to push this vaccine that's really a injection and uh, it's unapproved. And so there, you know, it kind of reminds me, did you guys see the um, Dell Big Tree, the interview he did with the three health professionals? If anyone didn't see that, God, I, you know what, I'm going to make it a point to link it under here. If anyone did not watch that, I highly recommend it because it was one of the most significant interviews I've watched in a long time. Three health professionals that, you know, went and did as they thought they should, as they were told, go get the vaccine. And they got it really early on. And, you know, they've, they've been in the field for a long time and they all had these terrible reactions. I'm sure people saw the, um, the videos circulating on social media. They're the ones that like, it was causing convulsions in them. Absolutely wow. horrific, but it's like watching them. I mean, it's terrible. It's tragic. It's awful. I feel terrible for them. They are working through some sort of special treatment right now that they're hoping will help, but they've had other people call them in their group that have gone through the same thing. And what was interesting to observe was, you know, Dell's really good at asking questions. So he got all the really key important questions in there and none of them did research beforehand because they just trusted, you know? Right. And, and, and they didn't even know what the VAERS system was. What? Never even, yes, because they just don't teach this stuff. And so it's like watching them come to the realization of this bigger picture and this cover up and how they were turned away by all these medical professionals, you know, in their own field where these people are, are turning them away and trying to say, oh, you're just having panic attacks. And so it's incredible, incredible interview. I highly recommend people watch it. Um, and of course it's being censored far and wide and, and the news media won't touch it, of course. Um, but my, what was my whole point to bringing that up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're because they're coming to this realization. And so they, they weren't, like I'm saying, they're not even, they weren't even aware of the VAERS system. And so I guarantee you these, some of these universities or, you know, and more, more often in the cases of companies, big business, you know, they are not aware of these laws. They've never heard of the VAERS system. They're not being informed of any of this stuff. So this now puts it in their minds going, whether they sign it or not, which they won't, I mean, you know, they're not going to hold themselves liable. They're, they're going to be made aware of these laws and they're not going to be able to deny that they now know this. Right. And exactly. It's going to make them second guess some things. It's going to make some of them go talk to their attorneys who then are going to look into this themselves. Definitely. I highly recommend people pass these forms around to other students, um, other employees that are faced with this. Because it's, you know, they may, they may not sign it, but I doubt that they're not going to at least get back to you on some of the questions in here, especially the one where they're supposed to provide you with all this material from the FDA and information and whatnot. So um, I, you know, there's already been between, oh my God, when I looked this morning, it was like between 20 and 30,000 downloads of these. So yeah. 
I want to hear feedback. I, you know, email me at info at coreysdigs.com. It's C-O-R-E-Y-S-D-I-G-S. If you submit this to an authorized officer at your company or your college, um, and you get, you know, some sort of response or feedback on this, I want to hear, I want to hear how that went. Yeah, that'd be interesting to hear the response that we get. I would imagine as an employer, because I read through the employee uh, form that you that you that you created, Corey, and it was fantastic. And I was trying to read it as or from the perspective of an employer. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this boxes them in so well. I mean, I could not imagine them submitting something back and still justifying their stance. And at the very least, I would be contacting an attorney to make sure that everything I did was legally, you know, to protect me. And I would imagine that anybody in the employer reading this would be like, nope, never mind. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna scare them. I'm I'm telling you, it's gonna scare them. So, you know, and I have all the, all the little end notes in there with all the links and that's on the form too. So they can't even deny that they weren't able to go into these sites directly and, and see the laws themselves. And you can see there, I mean, we've got CDC, you know, Department of Health and Human Services, um, pertaining to OSHA, Federal Trade Commission. So, so these are, you know, pretty solid sources here pointing out a lot of them. Right, exactly, exactly. And maybe, sorry, go ahead, speaker. No, I was just going to say that it, it's awesome that you, you did something like this, Corey, because like we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, it's um, a, a lot of things at the moment seem very negative, coming at you very hard, um, hard to deal with a lot of stuff. And, you know, we've got to try to deal with the wins and find solutions. And that's something that we've talked a lot about the last two weeks, is how can we also provide solutions to these situations? And these two forms that you did, absolutely brilliant and should definitely, you know, even if it affects a couple of companies, that's a couple of companies that will create a ripple effect. So it's just, yeah. Really fantastic work you did there. Yeah, and so I I wrote these for uh, Catherine Catherine Austin Fitz of the Solari Report. You know, asked me to put together one for the employees, and so I started working on it. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to combine students and employees here because this could be used for all these universities. Because at that point, there haven't been a lot of you know they're still trying to get these past. Um, I believe, aren't we still in the stages of them trying to get them passed for younger children to where then they're going to start bringing it into the regular, you know, the lower grade schools? FDA is expected to do that by, I believe, next week. um, God help us. For 12 to 15 year old for the Pfizer vaccine, Uh or I shouldn't say vaccine, experimental shot. It's an injection, poisonous injection. So, so anyway, so I was working on that and then, then her team had the brilliant idea of, you know, let's just separate them because there's just a few little points we could separate out for employees versus students. And so I really appreciate their help on that and their legal reviewing it and making sure, you know, I dot all my I's and crossed all my T's on this. So this can be found over at the Solari report as well. Fantastic. I was going to say, maybe you should um, briefly explain VAERS, the VAERS system, because maybe some of our listeners don't even know what VAERS is. And I'm still um, just kind of learning about it. But I think it's really important that um, that people know about this. 
uh, and also participate. Like if somebody does get an injection and starts having um, adverse um, effects from it, we need documentation to to show that. We need a database, and and so. Right. Maybe you could talk about the bears system. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that. So the interview with Dell big tree and these three women, they said that none of the doctors they went to, well, first off, they were turned away by many. Um, it's like, they were scared. They didn't even want to touch it. And in fact, they wanted to go on Dr. Oz. They talked with them over there because they're trying to get help, you know, not just for them, but other people who are suffering from this and it's being like denied across the board. And Dr. Oz was they, they, you know, their producers were talking with them, like they were going to schedule this up and then all of a sudden just dead silent. So that part's interesting, hmm. but at any rate, they said none of the doctors would document it in the VAR system. And which is when they learned about the whole VAR system, when they started looking into all this and they didn't even know what it was prior to that. And they said that when Dell asked them, well, do you have, um, do are you aware of the bear system? They're like, no, we didn't know. And so he said, well, do you think, you know, there's a study that was done at Harvard saying that less than 1% of medical professionals, you know, actually report these adverse events to the system, which is a database. Um, and they said, yeah, and that's probably accurate. So the system itself, I've covered it in my past, like eugenics reports um, and the media the whole vaccine report that I did a couple of years back. And it's, it's actually quite a robust database. It's, it's pretty cool if you're like into researching because <laughs> there's a lot of parameters. There's advanced searches you can do to really break things down. Um, so it's a, a large database. It's V-A-E-R-S. It's .org, isn't it? I have the links in these forms. Um, there's actually like a few different ones that kind of all feed to it, but so it's a database where the medical professionals are supposed to report any adverse events they have in their patients um, to the VAERS system so that, you know, records can be documented on, and this is for all vaccines. And so, um, you know, you can, it, it could say something from had, uh, went into a seizure or, or that, you know, there's deaths reported in there. It's all injuries, deaths, everything. Miscarriages, right? I mean, right, right. all kinds of things that you can search for and get, get actual numbers on. But like you said, only like 1% are being reported. So we just really need to encourage that, um, right. that so, everything is getting reported so that we can have some more accurate numbers on the real adverse effects. Right. And so these women, they went and reported it themselves because the doctors wouldn't. And they said that when you do, and I didn't even know this part. So when they did that, um, the gosh, I'm trying to think who specifically gets back to them, but it's like through the department that manages the VAERS database, uh, took three months to contact them about it. Well, I didn't even know that they did contact you about it, but so that was kind of interesting insight there, but it took them three months. So, so what's really sad though is, and we really should, I should have given you a link speaker for this video because it's, you know what, I'm probably going to get it off the internet and put it on my site and publish it just in case people out there haven't seen it yet. Cause it is 
such an important one. You're talking people inside the healthcare industry that have always been pro-vaccine and now they've like completely flipped their views on all of this. It's very fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, great so, job on those, rep- on those, um, those forms to give to employers and to schools who are trying to force people to get the vac, the experimental jab. So thanks. And this, so this one that you have up here on this tab, NSU backs off on requiring vaccinations now that Florida outlawed it. So this is fantastic because they were actually, NSU was in my report. I did a few weeks back on the bribing and incentivizing and uh, threatening termination. Um, If people didn't get, you know, vaccinated, so, or injected, we'll say. So if you had seen, so I actually have the letter that was sent out to faculty and staff in my report, how there's there, there were literally setting dates and you have to be vaccinated. These people by July 1st, these people by August 1st, yada, yada. Now, immediately following uh, DeSantis putting this, this ban in place here on the, the ID passports, Nova Southeastern University comes out and they say, uh, Nova Southeastern University was hoping for the ability to require COVID-19 vaccinations where possible to further protect the NSU Florida community. Uh, However, due to a new Florida law, the university is unable to maintain such a policy. So the law, which goes into effect on July 1st, cemented DeSantis' power to override local orders during health crises and directed state agencies to plan for future pandemics. So it declared that he doesn't consider Florida to be in a crisis anymore with the availability of vaccines and wiped away all remaining COVID-19 safety measures that were put in place by counties and cities. So, um, So the school, they're saying The Florida law permits purely voluntary vaccine programs. Like the state of Florida, we are striving for a high voluntary vaccination rate for the NSU community to enable NSU campuses to return to normalcy this fall. So they basically go on to say that they're they're gonna set, you know, keep everything very safe and whatnot, but if we could just get enough volunteers to meet the 80% threshold, then everyone can eat together and congregate together. Otherwise, you're kind of screwed on that front. But hey, it's still a win because they had to immediately retract this requirement. So Yay. that's awesome. That is awesome. It's <laughs> a good start. And while that's we're, a good start. While, while we're on the, uh, this topic of the jab, uh, five new reports on, in Australia, and I'm quite surprised that the media is actually talking about this and bringing it out. Uh, five new reports were linked uh, in one day yesterday um, to do with mm-hmm. blood clotting of the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, in Australia. That brings the total to 11. Uh, now that has had adverse effects. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up, and like I told you before, is my dad went into the chemist yesterday. Uh, just to buy some things that he normally buys every week. And the doctor was like, oh, while you were here, let's give you the vaccine. <gasps> my dad's like my dad's like 72. He's like, oh, do, do I need it? And the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, we'll give it to you. So my dad got that. He came home. 
he told me. They gave him all the forms after he got it, which shows the adverse effects and everything else. Um, So I'm monitoring him at the moment tonight just to be safe. But um, that's what I that, that's what I knew you'd be pissed off about, Corey. That's what I said. Oh my god! I, 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 and they I, didn't uh, give him the information till afterwards. Yeah. Oh. Right. So they just and wow. like I said, my dad's seventy two years old. You know, he's he's pretty easy to coerce into those sort of things. You know, if I was there, I would have stopped that. I was there to like you know, I would have told him afterwards. Um, right. Even my mother in this situation. Uh, has who has you know uh, pre-existing conditions and stuff like that but is also very liberal kind of very opposite of me uh she doesn't really see a problem with all these things but even mm. her now um when we were talking this afternoon she's like i'm i'm not getting it no and i was like okay well that's that's a bit of a change from your perspective uh why aren't you getting it i thought i'd ask some questions and she's like well because it's experimental i'll wait two years i don't care right and Good i was like well, mom. you know it's, it's, at least you know you you're thinking this through a little bit right, right. Like, even though like i wouldn't get it in general but still that's a good start from that point of view right uh, it, it, and even my brother who was very similar to my mom uh called me up and said you know what the hell is dad doing and i was like well yeah. I, I, I don't know mate i wasn't there like I would have stopped it, but you know, I wasn't there. He was told to get it by someone he trusted. And, right. and that's what's so sad. That's, you know, it's the same story with these female doctors. Go be a leader. You're in charge of your area. Show everyone that you're brave and you're fine and you can go get the vaccine. Hmm. Oh, and now the you're propaganda. Like, the propaganda they push. It's, it's yeah. like, oh, you're, you're a hero. You're a COVID hero for you're doing such this. a leader. Be the champion. Meanwhile, yeah. health insurance isn't covering anything for them. They have the their their jobs aren't covering anything for them. They're completely screwed. They all have GoFundMe's up, by the way. So, yeah. oh, of course. But oh. uh, and then I showed him this article after he got it, and he was like, uh, "Shit." I was like, "Yeah, we're not shit. We're not paying attention, are you?" <laughs> but also- so that's the one. That's the one that he got was the AstraZeneca one. Yeah. So, yeah, like I can't be, uh, you know, angry at him. He's he's an older man. He's, you know, right, clearly got coerced by his doctor, who you know has been his doctor for a long time. You know, I wasn't there with him in the situation, and you know, just get it through. Yeah. Well, we're sending prayers for Dad, and just keep 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 an an eye eye on on him. Yeah. Yeah, he's all right. I got him. (laughs) Ah. Jeez. Uh, well, going back to this Florida thing with DeSantis, uh, you touched on it, Corey, with the NSU story, but I wanted to just kind of go over a little bit about what DeSantis announced this week. He said that he was signing a bill to invalidate all remaining local emergency orders, which will go into effect July 1st. But in the meantime, he's actually using his executive powers to suspend all local emergency orders starting immediately. And uh, that's going to be continuing until the bill takes effect. So this does include local mask mandates. And that, that, those were still in place in some counties, like Orange County, where, of course, Disney World is located, Miami-Dade, Broward County, of course, good old Broward County. However, it doesn't address the requirements that private businesses impose on their customers. So De- DeSantis said that... Uh, 
in regards to that, like the supermarket or Disney theme park, the legislation doesn't deal with that one way or the other. And Disney World has come out and issued a statement saying they're aware of the announcement and they're, quote, evaluating it. But of course, they're going to keep their mask requirements in place for now. Yeah. Bottom line, Disney does not give a crap what DeSantis says. They're still pushing the masks and encouraging people to get the shot. And other businesses will likely do the same in Florida. But people will have a choice, of course, whether to give those businesses their money. Um, The bill just simply addresses the local government and stops them from imposing any kind of fines on individuals or businesses for defying their COVID mandates that they've had put in place. So that's another win for sure. Yeah, absolutely. um, Also, yeah, that's the executive order that you had gone over um, a little bit in your discussion, as well as uh, what I just kind of talked about. But um, Florida also announced this week, uh, DeSantis also announced this week that um, they are going to be giving $1,000 bonuses for all first responders, including police, firefighters, and EMTs. And this will be signed into law with the upcoming state budget. So he said that he thought it was important to recognize their service and sacrifice. And he asked for the legislature to do bonuses for law enforcement in the state uh, budget and that they delivered. He said, some want to defund the police. We want mm-hmm. to fund the police and then some. And that's why what we're here to say. Nice. Yes. That's, well, that's good. And that's something I'll, I'll, I'll get into a little bit later as well is, uh, you know, this police situation, what's happening and something like this is uh, a, a great incentive. But, you know, is it enough? I think it's really more the symbolism of it. It's basically saying, look, we are setting ourselves apart as a state who values our first responders, in particular our police, at a time when they have just been through so much over the course of the last year and a half and have been uh, degraded, devalued, demoralized. We don't, we're taking a stand and making a statement here. I'm sure the thousand dollar bonuses aren't gonna make or break anybody in their particular financial situation. It's simply a gesture to say, we appreciate you, we see you, we recognize you and we support you. So, I mean, if I was going to be a police officer, Florida would definitely be a state I would be wanting to uh, (laughs) to live in. (laughs) Yeah, so um, a lot of good legislation still um, going, coming down the pike. And um, so I'm just going to list off. So we just went through Florida. Um, here's Kansas. This week, Kansas legislatures have overridden the governor's vetoes in several key pieces of legislation regarding election integrity and Second Amendment rights. So this one right here is on election integrity, HB 2183. It's one of the strongest bills to preserve election integrity, and it's now law, uh, despite the governor's veto. So that was overridden, and it's now law. It nice. requ- yep, it requires signature matches of absentee ballot em- envelopes once they're received in order for those ballots to count. It prohibits backdating ballot envelopes. It cracks down very seriously and makes it very hard to ballot harvest, uh, limiting deliveries of ballots by people other than the voter to 10 ballots tops. And it requires the voter to fill out a signed authorization before someone can deliver their ballot for them. 
And this is the really important part. It bans private companies and organizations, i.e. Zuckerberg, from giving <laughs> money to fund election infrastructure. So it's really ca- uh, wow. cracking down on that. Yeah, so that passed this week, despite the governor. Yeah, and HB 2058, that's the the other, the the gun bill. It actually reduces the minimum concealed carry age from 21 to 18. Now, 18 to 20 year olds will have to pass a concealed carry training course and carry a permit, but then they can conceal carry now. Uh, so hmm. law passed. Um, wow. It also recognizes other states concealed carry permits. And it allows people who committed lesser crimes and had those crimes expunged by a judge to regain their rights to bear arms. So a couple strong pieces of legislation. And this one's funny. This one's funny here. The other piece of legislation that was vetoed by the governor and overridden by the legislature this week to become law is just a funny middle finger to the Democrat governor, Laura Kelly. (laughs) So HB 2166 is a law to allow new, new license plates in the state, including license plates carrying or bearing the Gadsden flag, which most people know of as the don't tread on me flag. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. So Kansas is holding, legislatures are holding it down. And uh, in Arkansas, they've been busy too. So state legislatures sent a bill to the governor of Arkansas last week, which bans the training and use of critical race theory in state agencies. And it requires a review of state entity training materials. So that was sent to the governor last week and the governor did not sign the bill, but also did not veto it, which allowed the bill to become law on Monday. Now, remember, the Arkansas governor vetoed the bill to ban transgender surgeries and procedures for minors, but the state legislator voted to override the governor that time, making that the first state to pass a law of that kind. So this time, the governor did not veto. (laughs) This law became, or this bill became law on Monday, and the law takes effect next year. Now, does this have a trickle-down effect through schools or no? No. So listen, it covers state entities like the Department of Commerce, Education, Health, Human Services, but does not include public schools, charter schools, colleges, or law enforcement training. So it's a good start, but there's more work to be done banning critical race theory theory in places like public schools. Right. Yeah. That's the most important place. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, when I read that, I was like, dang, you guys right. missed the most you were important. so close. <laughs> right. <Becoming> sense. <laughs> right. But Texas <laughs> got it right. So this Texas suburb. Okay. So there's a suburb in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And there was an important election uh, last Saturday uh, for the, there were some school board positions, two city council seats, and a mayor position in this place called South Lakes. It's like a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the anti-woke mob candidates 
swept this election, winning every race by about 70% to 30% with three times the voter turnout of previous elections. Wow. So this means that the critical race theory training for teachers and students that South Lake school districts had planned to impose was completely shot down by the people with a resounding hell no. And this is how we do it, people. Yeah. On the local level. Yeah. It was great to see this. So... They got it right. And see, every single position counts, every city council position, every school board position. It really does make a difference. Yeah, so I only had one more thing on my list to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not. Keep going, man. You're on a roll. All your things have been pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. And this one, to (laughs) me, it's like, this one's good and bad. Okay, so uh, we've been talking about this for a while now, the eviction moratorium and how it's like falsely propping up uh, the the housing market and the renter market and it's just really affecting the market and in, in adverse ways and how how landlords are really getting hit hard and have been hit hard for the last year because of this so kind of depending on where you fall on this um, topic um, but a federal judge this week has overturned the cdc's eviction moratorium so the judge ruled in favor of a coalition of a proper of all these this coalition of property owners who've been basically footing the bill on their properties that are occupied but renters haven't been paying for so the cdc has uh they initially invoked the 1944 public health service act which gives them the power Um, to take measures to prevent the spread of communicable diseases between states Mm -hmm. but so that's the 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 act that they were using to justify this eviction moratorium but the judge ruled this week by saying that the question for the court is narrow one and the question is does the public health service act grant the cdc the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium it does not very simply so the doj is appealing this ruling on behalf of the cdc and uh, the judge has agreed to put the her ruling on hold until may 12th giving the landlords coalition time to file their response opposing the longer delay But uh, the eviction moratorium was already set to expire by June 30th, unless Biden, unless the Biden administration had uh, extended it again, because it remember it was extended, I think it was like March, it was going to end and then he extended it through June. Right. And then also, um, as part of that $1.9 trillion COVID bill, they had allotted 50 billion for renters assistance, which should be available now to renters who qualify. So um, e- either way, it looks like this um, this is the beginning of the end for the eviction moratorium. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that, that once that does happen, um, there's going to be a, kind of a shakeup because uh, you're going to see a lot of people uh, scrambling uh, for what their next move is and probably a lot of 
houses and rental properties come back on the market and just a huge fluctuation on the market there. There's been a lot of people taking advantage of this and squatting too. I mean, even in like vacation rentals, people have gone in and said, oh, I want to rent your place for a week and then they don't leave. Yep. It, it's, you know, which in my opinion should, should be totally different because you don't even have a lease agreement. I mean, <laughs> it's different, but unfortunately the laws are absurd in so many States, maybe even all of them. I don't know. I haven't, haven't researched that, but it's like, if, if someone so much as has a toothbrush in your place, you can't boot them out it, it, or they have a piece of mail coming to your place. You can't boot them out. So, you know, I can understand both sides of the coin on that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm feeling for these landlords who have been footing the bill. I don't know how they've done it. It's just basically shifting the financial responsibility. It's not, you know, and and they can't, they can't cover their bills when they're not getting their income either. So terrible. Yeah. But either way, I mean, there's 40 million Americans. This is uh, the National Association of Realtors estimates that around 40 million Americans were behind on their rent as of January uh, 2021. Wow. And it's estimated that a total of about 70 billion is owed in arrears nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. What did the the moratorium stipulate as far as a renter can't be booted, but once the moratorium is lifted, do they owe that money back or what was said about that part of it i don't know know? i don't know if they owe that money back i don't think so i I, i'd have to check on that to live there but i but i think that there's um well i know that there's renter's assistance that's what that 50 billion dollars from the 1.9 trillion in the covid plan was about landlord assistance I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> no. Thank, thanks, Corey. They want to take out the. On me. You know why? <laughs> you know why? Because they want to take out the smaller. So the big giant developers that are theirs that are going to be developing all the micro units in the smart cities. They're cool with it. They can, you know, they can absorb that loss. But they want to take out all the smaller landlords so they can buy up all their properties. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. They're it's really hitting the mom right. and pop, the mom and pop landlords hard. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yep. For All right. Sure. Now, What's let's, next? Let's get into this because I I saw these two things ha- happen in like a couple of days from each other, and I'm I've always said it. This is going to start getting worse. Now, this one story is about a police uh, a woman in New Jersey who was fired for writing uh, a Facebook post labeling Black Lives Matters uh, as terrorists. Now, uh, some of her fellow officers and stuff that responded to that also got put on leave, as you can see on the screen here. And what she wrote was it's completely heartfelt and completely true. She wrote, uh, last night as I left for work, I had two kids crying for me not to go to work. I don't think I've ever felt that way like I did last night. And then I watched people I know and others I care about going into harm's way. I love my police family like my own. I've seen so many Black Lives Matter hashtags in these posts just to let you know these people are terrorists. They hate me, they hate my uniform, and they don't care if I die. This is fundamentally the truth. Black Lives Matter is not a race. It is an organization, and it is a Marxist organization, and they hate the police force, right? And we're seeing this. And this woman has served with no problem for 20 years um, and lost her job simply for telling the truth. Um, wow. And and as we know, as as Orwell quoted, in a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act, and is what we're seeing now. It's we are seeing 
people rallying around criminals instead of rallying around those people that are there to protect you, such as right. police officers, such as this woman who looks, you know, like she's served well. She looks like a, a good person, right? right. <laughs> I'm sure she hasn't done anything like what happened to George Floyd or what happened or anything like that. And to be in that situation where her kids are saying this, uh, so they've got lawyers on the case and all that now, so that's good uh, to try to get this termination turned around. Right. But Wow. But from that, we see things like this. We see people that have no respect for the law anymore in any way, shape, or form. Uh, mm -hmm. We see criminals taking advantage of this situation because they know they can, right? Especially right. if they're colored, they know they can now, right? Right. You know, I can push these cops' buttons, I can do whatever, and at the end of the day, society or at least you know media as a whole will have my back it doesn't matter if i have a knife it doesn't matter if i have a gun right it doesn't matter if i'm a psychopath like this lady that you watch here now if i'm not going to play the audio because that sort of stuff gets us flagged for certain things but if you're reading on the screen here this woman verbally attacked this police officer who is mexican by the way who pulled her over to ask for a driver's license and she went on a tyrant lucky Luckily, he had a body camera on her, right? Yeah. This woman is also a teacher, right? She was calling him a murderer. She's calling him a racist. She wow. said that, as you can see on the screen there, she's calling him a Mexican <laughs> racist, that he'll never be a white man, doesn't matter how hard he tries, right? Wow. This, is, this is the tyrant this woman went on. And then even after this happened, she, formed a, uh, she, she filed a complaint with the police department on this officer. Right. Luckily, he had this video camera on him. And luckily, this police department had a sergeant that spoke up for his officers and spoke up for his department, uh, who went on a few um, uh, on, on these media shows sticking up for him, which is really, really good here. Like we see here. Good. Um, this is in L.A. Yeah. San or San Diego. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere in California. Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles. Oh, surprising. So, yeah, so he, he went on, defended his officer. It was absolutely brilliant. But if you hear the audio yeah. of that, and if you can link underneath, um, this woman is completely psychotic in every way, shape, or form. She's crazy in some form or another, but she knows she can do that. She has no respect. Well, she's completely taken to the uh, to the brainwashing, you know? Of this course, is, right? She, yeah, she knows she'll have the, the, um, the politicians will have her back. She knows that uh, the woke mob will have her back. You know, it's right. and it's it's things like that. And the reason I wanted to bring this up, because you can see this progressively getting worse and it is going to get worse. You've got a large bulk of society now which are backing criminals and especially if they're criminals of color. Right. And that is right. the definition of a society going down the drain. Right. And like we, we know there's corrupt cops. This is not uh, something that I think is up for debate. We know there's bad right. cops. We know there's corrupt cops. But we also have to remember there is criminals and there is bad people. Right? But taking down, th th that's not what this is about. That's It's subverting and co-opting that and, to, and making it something completely else, which is basically completely taking down the system because they know that the society cannot continue 
um, if there is no law and order. You have to completely dismantle the system. And uh, that's what this whole Marxist agenda is about. And, uh, you know, they, they use and play on people's emotions about you know, racism and inequality and police violence and all of this to to, to hook you um, and get people on board, you know, who just really don't think about the ramifications and who's behind this agenda really um, right. to completely transform the country into a Marxist society. But and, yeah. And we can see a lot of this, as we're going to see here, coming from intelligent agencies, especially the worst one of all, the CIA. Now, okay. once again, I won't play the audio because unfortunately that gets us flags, but let's watch this together and look at the pandering that is coming from our intelligence agencies. And it is not, it, 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 it is ridiculous. It is absolutely, this is not something that you want coming out of your intelligence agencies it is pandering they use every sort of buzzword in the book in this video person of color intersectionality it, 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 every everything they they use and this is elaborately done right this is just propaganda in its highest degree mm -hmm. this woman even goes on to say in this video that she's not just a diversity hire right right and then she goes on with her picture of, of Brent with her and Brennan. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you see a picture of her and, and John Brennan on the screen. Like, look, see, I'm not a diversity hire. I'm in with these guys. Look, <laughs> the CIA producing an ad that is a complete psyop. Imagine <laughs> that. <Right>. Shocker. Who <laughs> knew, <Yeah. laughs> right? Uh. Look, look at this. Look at this. Like, this is what I talk. She goes on, she says, I'm not a, just simply a diversity hire. For diversity and inclusion, she shows her diversity award. <laughs> like, wow. I don't you serious. And this uh. has been ripped apart all across the internet at the moment. But mm -hmm. a lot of videos that I've seen haven't got a lot of play. And that's obviously, there's obviously a reason behind that. Um, but it's, I don't expect someone to come to work in a, like, you know, for my intelligence agency, wearing that shit, right? And pushing, no. I, I don't care about women intelligence agencies. They've been in there for years, but I want you there because of your skill. And you are clearly not there because of your skill. You were clearly there for this video. That's right. why they hired you. That's why you were in the CIA. Well, I want the CIA shattered and scattered into the wind. In a thousand pieces, but um, yeah, if you're going to have intelligence operations the, and intelligence agencies, the entire point is to uh, collect intelligence, and this is just a, basically an advertisement for diversity and inclusion, and has absolutely zero to do with Mm -hmm. intelligence yeah, and so we need to we need to up the numbers a little so you got 745 yes. likes and 11,000 down so out of two you know a little over 245,000 views so we're about four and a half percent of people that watch this took the time to uh sum it down we need and, we need more like 50 percent <laughs> and, and well and that's youtube um also right course, so they're fixing the numbers absolutely but it, it's quite clear 
that there is the bulk majority of people that know exactly what this is, right? Yes. And right, right. I guess, I guess that's a positive out of it. But this, absolutely. But you know, you you've got American intelligence agencies putting out shit like this. China, Iran, Russia—they're rubbing their hands together. They love seeing this shit. Oh yeah. They love it. Right. <laughs> they're getting off on this sort of stuff like why do we need to even go to war with america they're destroying themselves from within and that was the plan all along so mm-hmm. yeah. but we're not gonna let them everyone no. needs to keep using their voices and hammering their reps to get these bills through um there's you know under my resources where it says four diggers on my website i have a um there's a couple if you go down to covid there's like a couple of legislation trackers on there to see what's going on in your area um obviously pay attention to legislation in all the other areas as well but the covid one's a big one because it has to do with controlling us for the future in so many ways so pay attention get noisy get your you know get your reps to get these bills put through um there's a lot in the works there really is in a lot of states so people need to be paying attention to that mm-hmm. yeah and participating i mean if there's a, a position city council or school board or whatever it is um people just like us can have the power do have the power and uh, can start running for these types of positions and filling them like what happened in texas where they completely shot down this leftist ideology and swept the entire election in that local area so um we can we can do this on the local level if we pay attention and we speak up Right. And I totally forgot. So on Monday, I think it was Monday, I published an article that my mom wrote for me on uh, school boards because she used to be very, very involved when I was growing up more than I cared for at the time. But now, <laughs> now I appreciate <laughs> it. And so I, I published that on Monday, just some tips on uh, getting involved there and how to do it and whatnot. Awesome. Nice, mom. Yeah. Good job. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on Dig It with speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Pill.net, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. 